You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that Well, today is going to be largely a continuation of Q&A day. There is a little bit of news. Uh, there's some things I want to comment on, specifically the uh, Murphy Takes 5 over at packers.com because um, it's usually just some fun stuff over there. And it certainly didn't disappoint this time around. Uh, the plan moving forward, I believe, today obviously I'll be hosting the podcast. I believe tomorrow uh, JJ will be filling in, and then possibly the next day. We're not really sure how that's all going to pan out. If not, I'll make it work. And then it should be back to business as usual because I'm planning on coming back um, to, uh, excuse me, Tuesday night so I can record Tuesday night for Wednesday's episode. Ideally, there will be no hiccups with getting the internet set up at the new house, and I'll have the laptop. And so if need be, I'll be able to record a podcast, but you never know how things go. Stuff always goes wrong. So anyways, uh, for those that don't know, today is our final walkthrough of the new house. Tomorrow we will be closing on the house, and uh, I'm going to be spending the night over there on Monday, which is tomorrow. So going to be a busy month, no question about it. We've got several moving days planned. We've got family coming up to visit the new house. We've got all kinds of logistical things to figure out on top of still having a full-time job and things to do here. Anyways, um, what to start with? So far, it appears to be good news as far as the Green Bay Packers returning to work on Tuesday. I do not expect Aaron Rodgers to be there. Um, We did have a bit of a spoiler alert. I mentioned yesterday that um, I was going to post in the Facebook group that Rodgers has left Hawaii. Drop your bets where you think he went. We got all kinds of answers. Bears camp, getting his nails done. Jesse says no one cares. (laughs) Uh, Vegas, Cali, etc., etc. Broncos camp, Alaskan cruise, Uranus, obviously, the obligatory Uranus answer. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Shane thinks I'm making a dig at him for some reason. It's just a simple question. A lot of hostility these days. Anyways, um, not sure how good the insider info is, but uh, Rahul Patel in the Facebook group says, my friend was visiting Napa Valley a couple days ago and saw Rogers and his fiance eating dinner together out there. She said they were with some couple. So, could be. I'll take it because uh, you don't usually get insider information here on the Packernet podcast, but uh, we're going to say today you just did. So, thank you very much, Rahul. But um, the expectation is Rogers will not be back Tuesday. The only kind of big question is going to be Devante. We've seen news that Lazard is going to be back. We've seen news that Funchess is going to be back. So there's every reason to believe the wide receivers are coming back. The biggest question, though, again, is going to be Devante. If he comes back, that's a fantastic sign because then it's just a, a normal contract negotiation, just like every other one, right? You know that the contract is up after this year. You still show up. You still do the work. Um, it's very cordial. And the Packers do what they have to do to make sure you get your money and you get paid. And usually it happens... Um, again, like at the end of uh, preseason. If he doesn't show up, then you have to assume it's a slightly less than cordial negotiation. It's it's Devontae kind of deciding that the best course of action is going to be to strong-arm the Packers and say, you're going to do what I want or I'm not going to play, which is is a strategy that a lot of other players use 
We're just not really used to that in Green Bay. And to be completely honest, it may be partly the Packers' fault. you got to remember, this is a very unusual situation for the Packers to be in, to have this little money. Not just now, but also in the future. They spent it all. So they don't have a lot of bargaining power, and they may not be coming to the table with very reasonable offers at this point in time. I'm just saying it's possible that based on where the Packers are at, it was it was given to Devontae as advice from his agent that we are going to need to take a different tact, right? Generally, you don't have to do this with the Packers. They have plenty of money, they have plenty of resources, and they're going to pay you very well. Maybe that isn't super the case right now, and um, Devontae and his agent are like, look, we're not playing this game. You're, we're, you're going to give us top dollar or... We're not playing. It's that simple. I'm just, it's, it's all speculation. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think it has to be spiteful. I think it's business. And I'm saying if that was the decision made by his agent, it's an unusual decision, and it's probably because we're in unusual times. Because, again, the Packers are not super great in terms of their, their finances. Anyways, let's uh, pivot here to this uh, takes five thing from Mark Murphy, which again is always enjoyable. It's over at Packers.com. I always forget to check it out. Thanks to JJ for reminding me. But um, he he's generally gives some pretty good insights. That is, he doesn't really have coach speak. He has more CEO speak, which is, you know, there's a, a proper way to say things, but you, you kind of just tell the truth. You ever watch like uh, Steve Jobs or whatever when he had those Q&As? He'd just tear people apart, man. He was composed to a, you know, I think that's the biggest, that you're composed, but, you know, this is just what it is. There might be an element of coach speak if you don't want to talk about it, but I don't, I think he's better about that than a lot of players and coaches. Anyways, I really like this first question because it kind of just hammers home probably even better than I have, although not as thoroughly as I have over 70,000 episodes. But uh, what I've been saying about Gutekunst, and it also kind of drives a nail in the idea that we should trade Gutekunst or fire Gutekunst to keep Rodgers. If you're thinking that that's a possibility, you can just go ahead and scratch that right now. But here's a question from Dwayne, and then um, the impending following impending. (laughs) It's funny because people think I'm trying to sound smart. I'm really not. I'm just saying things, and then I realize that was the wrong word. Look at Mr. Thesaurus over here. Anyways, Dwayne asked the question, Murphy, get that jerk Gutekunst to get off his butt and make a play to get Julio Jones on the Packers. Unfortunately, this is an unbelievably common sentiment. Not only um, the way that it's phrased, the exclamation points, calling the GM a jerk. I mean, this, this is the way they're talking to the CEO of the Green Bay Packers, calling one of the highest ranked employees there a jerk, and then saying something as mindless as, you know, he's being lazy and that's why we don't have Julio Jones. I mean, it's just, it's painful to think how shallow the thinking is here and just how completely inappropriate the way that this is phrased. But anyways, this is, this is a a person that actually sent this and apparently has done it many times. Here is the response from Mark Murphy. He says, thanks for the email, Dwayne. Thanks as well for the 20 previous emails you've sent MT5 in recent months. Interestingly, there's not a single question among the 20 emails. As you'll notice, that was not a question. That was a statement. While I appreciate your persistence and passion, I must tell you that I have tremendous confidence in Brian Gutekunst. In his relatively short tenure as our GM, he has completely turned around our fortunes, the fortunes of our team. He has put together a talented team. Last year we had the most players voted to the Pro Bowl. That's a thing that I forgot to even add. So in terms of being the best team in football, you've got that as well. Most talented roster, Green Bay Packers. 
That was me interjecting. Now back to the answer. That has a 28-8 and record over the last two years after consecutive losing seasons in 2017 and 2018. Think about that. Back-to-back losing seasons, and now we're 28-8 and since hiring him. And has played in back-to-back NFC Championship games. Moreover, he has a great working relationship with head coach Matt LaFleur. He and EVP Director of Football Operations Russ Ball have managed our salary cap smartly and have us well-positioned for the future. All right, so we'll see. They obviously have a plan. As I've said, there's always a plan. I just I, I don't think I'm going to like what the plan is. We'll see how it unfolds as we move ahead. But again, just reinforcing that. If you think Murphy has done a bad job, you're wrong. You're just flat out wrong. There are some people that are just unbelievably angry all the time. And I, I don't know what it is other than they're spoiled children who are mad that we haven't won a Super Bowl in, in two years, in the two years that he's been here, because I don't know what else the goal is. They're still mad about Rashawn Gary. They're still mad about Jordan Love. So Rashawn Gary, Jordan Love, and uh, losing NFC Championship games, which you know implies that you went to NFC Championship games, but we got to... Sp- scratch that from our thought process somehow that makes you a bad gm the job of the gm is to build a really good football team the packers have the best quality football team in the nfl and and gutekunst is a joke because he didn't draft a wide receiver again the shallowness of the thinking is unbelievable he's not getting fired he's a very good gm he's massively underrated especially among packer fans i mean i think there's a malaise about gutekunst Kind of the same way there is about a lot of Packers players. Aaron Jones doesn't get the right amount of respect that he deserves. Rashawn Gary clearly doesn't get anywhere near the respect he deserves. Darius is probably slightly underrated. Amos is unbelievably underrated. Savage has no respect yet, which is somewhat fair, but not really considering there's a ton of rookies out there getting tons of respect and Savage gets none. And he's better than all the other guys that get tons of respect, including other rookie safeties that got a ton of respect, like the guy in Carolina. And and, and Matt LaFleur is, is maybe the biggest example of this one of the i mean this is a historic not just arguably one of the most talented in football right now forget that we're talking after t- this reminds me of aaron jones to be completely honest when aaron jones in his first year ran for i think 5.5 yards per attempt and i said that he can't maintain that he had a shortened year because he was injured he played a half a year there's no way he's going to maintain that for a career average because that would be one of the best in nfl history the very next year he averages that again after playing almost an entire year He's currently at 5.2 for a career average after going down to 4.6 in 2019. But in 2020, 5.5 again. He's averaged exactly 5.5 yards three out of his four seasons. 2017, 2018, and 2020, 5.5 yards per attempt. And the one year that he didn't is the year he had 16 touchdowns. You want to talk about historic. Aaron Jones, what he's done, has been historic. Similarly, Matt LaFleur and what he's done has been historic. Uh, Brian Gutekunst and what he's been able to do with this Packers team to go from, again, back-to-back losing seasons to -to back-to-back NFC championships. But we still have people, and again, I understand not necessarily the media when it's your job to actually pay attention, but if you're a Chiefs fan, if you don't know much about Brian Gutekunst or Aaron Jones or whatever else, especially since the media doesn't talk about them as much, I don't care, right? You're probably wrong about a lot of your takes because you don't really fully know things like a lot of people especially when you're a Chiefs fan and you're biased towards your own team and you think all your guys are the greatest and you've got a great team, so it's fair to assume that. Wrong, but fair. It's fine. I get it. But Packer fans? Wildly unacceptable. And again, similar to what I said a couple days ago, rather than just screaming and stomping your feet, come up with what a standard is for a good GM. 
apply that to all 32 GMs as best you can because there are some new ones or whatever. Fine, look at the guys that were there before. Look over the time period. Don't do any of this nonsense about some guy in 10 years has got you know twice as many pro bowlers. Yeah, over the same time period or over his 10 years compared to Gutekunst's three. There's no point in being dishonest. What, what is the benefit of being dishonest about stuff? I don't get that. People are willing to be dishonest just so that they can be right. I mean, not not right, just so that they can justify their opinion. Why do you want to have an opinion that's not correct? I'm, I'll never understand that in my life. Why would you want to have an opinion other than what's real? I'll never understand that, but people do it all the time. They'll deliberately twist things so that what they're saying appears correct, knowing that they're twisting it, which means you know that what you're saying is nonsense. Why are you dancing? Just find out what the truth is and live with it. Just blows my mind. There's no reason ever to twist information. Anyways, later on, there was a question. It's not even, again, not a question. There's a lot of comments. But uh, he says, you're doing a great job. Don't let them get you down, whatever. Again, using language that is wildly inappropriate for talking to the CEO of the Packers. But, you know, whatever. But he goes on to say, the uh, thanks, Ken. The situation we face with Aaron Rodgers has divided our fan base, which has been blasted all over the place, um, largely because there's been some omission to what he said. And they made it, a lot of the people in the media, I've seen different headlines, and many of which, the later ones that came out were more correct than the early reports, which are more clickbaity, which made it seem like the CEO said, Aaron Rodgers has divided our fan base, because that's literally what the article said. He says, the situation we face with Aaron Rodgers has divided our fan base. And of course, that's true. Um, It's probably done great for my ratings for the podcast. It's been terrible for the podcast Facebook group. That used to be a great place to hang out. Nobody really took things too seriously. You could joke around, have some fun, whatever. It's becoming pretty hostile. And it's largely because of this Aaron Rodgers thing, because people are unbelievably split about it. But anyways, he goes on to say, um, as I wrote here last month, we remain committed to resolving things with Aaron Rodgers, want him to be our quarterback in 2021 and beyond. Now, at this point, you got to understand, this is becoming a political thing. And and the only thing I mean by that is there is a, a narrative that all of them are expected to say when they go in front of a microphone. So he is just repeating what their current stance is, right? Our stance of the Green Bay Packers is, and then he goes on to say, whatever. And, and it probably comes from Murphy, right? I mean, they discuss what, where we're going to head going forward, but Murphy's going to craft how we speak and what we say when we speak to the media. You see uh, this happen in politics all the time, where suddenly you start hearing phrases and things pop up just out of nowhere, but everybody from a certain political party is using that phrase. It's because they they coordinate these things, which is why it's always annoying when then like citizens start using it and like arguing using those. It's like, dude, stop using their propaganda and then acting like you're smart. Like <laughs> this is some stupid thing they came up with. Like this is our stance. And then people start putting it on bumper stickers on their car and stuff like, dude, you got to you got to grow up, man. This is pathetic. But that is the official stance of the Green Bay Packers. And they haven't moved with that, uh, moved on from that. He did go on to say we are we are working. Uh, where did he say we realize the. Less both sides say publicly, the better. So this is probably something that either both sides independently have come to agree to or um, separately have agreed to because both sides haven't really said much. I mean, I know Gutekunst and Lafleur have, but that's basically just as far as when you put a microphone in front of their face. And also Murphy here is addressing it because it's the questions that are being asked to him. But they're clearly trying not to say as much as possible. And I think what he means by this, because I don't know that I necessarily agree, I think it's become pretty toxic because there's so much left for the imagination but 
look what happens when people say things, it gets twisted, including by me, <laughs> because I'm going to try to figure out what that means, and I'm going to start saying stuff, and people are going to have different opinions, and we're going to argue about it, and it's, you know, we're just going to try to stay quiet, and and, and it, it does have, when there's nothing being talked about, it calms down. Things start to, you know, the burner gets turned down a little bit. The heat gets turned down a little bit. So when there's things start to flare up, you know, when Rogers goes on his golfing thing and there's going to be cameras around him and he's going to be mic'd up and they're going to be picking up audio and people are going to be asking him questions. They're going to be looking for every little bit of every little dig about, you know, you going to Green Bay or what do you think about this? Anything he says, it's going to flare things back up again. Um, he later went on to say, as we already knew, they're planning for 100 percent capacity at our games, but it's kind of a wait and see approach says, hopefully the COVID numbers will continue to decline and we can get more and more people in the community vaccinated. I don't know if you guys have been keeping track of the numbers. I've been watching them since day one, not just um, in Wisconsin, but in the United States as well as around the world. I like to, if you just Google COVID stats, they give you a little thing where you can check everywhere um, how different countries are doing or whatever. But um, I mean, we're, we're well below what individual states were having just a couple months ago as a country. So it's pretty staggering how low the numbers are right now. Even with vaccinations, I wouldn't have thought that it would plummet as fast as it did. Um, he goes on to say, we've had good discussions with our local health officials. They feel good about the fact that the vast majority of our seating is outside. He says, I feel confident that we will have full stands this fall unless there is a dramatic change in the status of the virus, which obviously, and a lot of us are kind of holding our breath on that. That's that's going to be beyond devastating. Because at this point, if the vaccination works, there is nothing to worry about. There can't be a resurgence. The only way that there's a resurgence is if a variant or something is no longer the vaccination doesn't, you know, protect against it. In which case, we're all just flipping doomed. <laughs> just I quit. I don't know. Whatever. We don't we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But things are looking up. That's all I know. Uh, there was another question about Jordan Love. I'll just read it in its entirety. Loved our draft this year. Obviously, the brass is very high on Jordan Love. How is he progressing? Is he smart on his feet in action? A lot of these questions are. It's not that he doesn't know, because I'm sure they have meetings, but it's not really the right person to ask. But anyways, how is his grasp of the offense? Does he have the IQ to utilize his raw talent? Oh boy, don't be bringing up IQ. You're going to get yourself in trouble, Brian. <laughs> I don't know why. that. Well, I do know why there's an aversion to IQ. It's not because it's not a good measurement. It's whatever. Uh, Brian Gutekunst is doing f- a fine job keeping the team competitive and well-balanced. That was a comment, not an answer. I-, I like that he says this is also a million-dollar question. Because it really is, and it's funny that he kind of acknowledged that. <laughs> it's a little bit of a tip of the hand, if, if you're asking me. And to be honest, million-dollar question is, is underselling the importance of it. It's well beyond a million dollars. We got tens of million dollars in terms of Aaron Rodgers' contract, Jordan Love getting paid. Lots of millions are on the line with the answer to this question, as well as the, sal- <laughs> the tens of millions of dollars in salary cap and everything else that would be involved in this question. But obviously, he acknowledges this is a very important question. Um, he says, it's a shame that uh, for Jordan that the pandemic impacted his, so much of his rookie year. Although it wasn't a completely wasted year, he had no in-person practices in the offseason program and no preseason game experience, which really does suck a lot. Although, I guess it's good because if he played in the preseason and was bad, which is probably what would happen because most quarterbacks are, then it would be even worse as far as how much people hate Jordan Love and how much the hate for Gutekunst would be amplified and all that stuff. And it's not like if he was good, it would change anything. Rashawn Gary has done well, and people still say, no, he's trash, stupid, terrible pick. 
right? It would just be, oh, it was preseason. So what? He's still garbage. He threw three touchdowns, but he still had that pick, and that was a terrible pick. He's trash. There's, there's no satisfying people. Anyways, he says, although it's hard to tell a lot in the offseason practices, both Matt LaFleur and offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett have said that they like what they have seen in Jordan this offseason, which is absolutely a nothing statement. That's, that's sort of the bare minimum, because we know he's not going to say anything negative. Maybe the bare minimum would be he still has a way to go, which is what you know Matt LaFleur has said several times. But, I mean, this is sort of a nothing statement, which is what it's intended to be, but this could easily be positive or negative. Hackett said that the biggest difference this year is his confidence in the system. We've heard uh, numerous people, especially the players, say that. And that his decision-making, timing, and accuracy have all improved. Now, that's those are specifics, right? If you're just flat-out lying, you don't give specifics. So that's good. Now, he could still be miles away from being a quality starting quarterback, but those are important specifics. So that gives me a slight bit of confidence. He says it's obviously helped him get reps with the first-team offense this offseason. The preseason games this year will be crucial in his development, which, keep in mind the last word of that sentence, his development. It's not a test to see how good he is. It's development. It's a teaching tool. It's, it's meant for him to go out, make mistakes so that they can coach him and teach him. The preseason is, is like a real intense practice, right? They're not running their normal offense. They're running certain things so that they can test guys. Right, they 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 might be making bad calls, like especially defensive calls, because they want to put pressure on somebody or they want to see somebody do a certain thing. This isn't necessarily what I would call in a game situation, but since it's preseason and I got to see what this guy can do because he's on the bubble, let's send so and so on a blitz here. Let's send bring that safety on a blitz. Let's just see what he can do. You know what I mean? So, just keep that in mind. Anyways, the only other question was about alternate uniforms, and I don't really care. Um, well, I I guess I'll answer it because it's relevant to information. But uh, he does verify that they will wear their uh, alternate historic third uniform at one home game this season, which is cool. They always Their, their record with the alternate uniforms is, is quite good at home, although their home record is quite good, so that's probably part of it. But uh, it says, while we're not ready to fully introduce the new uniforms, I can say that they will include a shade of green color. It said, stay tuned. As we get closer to the season, we will unveil these uniforms with a Packers.com video and multiple. So I guess that will be kind of exciting. I always thought the alternate uniforms are kind of stupid, but... They grow on you. You know, I, I when they came out with those tan pants things where they looked like they weren't wearing any pants, it was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's not Packers colors, which technically it is, but it, from what we all know to be Packers colors, it's not. It looks terrible. Like, I just, but, you know, you get to see it. There have been so, plus when you stack wins with those uniforms, there's just, you can't help but love it. When you see them in those uniforms, you just get a warm and fuzzy feeling. You know, I'm sure if they had lost most of those games, you'd see those uniforms and just be like, oh, I hate these stupid, idiotic uniforms. But, I mean, I, I, I just picture that uniform, and all I can picture is uh, Jordy Nelson getting a touchdown. Um, anyways, why don't we just take a break here? I was planning on doing questions on both ends of it, but that took longer than expected, as usual. So we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side with some questions. We don't have any new uh, patrons. Unfortunately, for all of you hoping that we can get a uh, get to 300, we actually lost one, so we're going backwards a little bit. But remember, we got the two giveaways. We got the uh, new patron giveaway. I'll be putting up a graphic for that fairly soon. Well, I shouldn't say fair. I shouldn't make that promise because I can't do anything right now. But uh, let's say later this week I'll be trying to get some graphics up to, you know, explain what's going on. But uh, jerseys and whatnot, signed memorabilia. And then also for everybody that is a patron, if we get to 300 patrons by the end of week one, by the end of that game, then I'll also be giving away a Green Bay Packers ticket. Or if you don't want that, something else. But anyways, if you want in on that or if you just want to support the podcast, which is always greatly appreciated, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. 
can jump in and support what it is I do here for as little as $1 per month. We are 79 patrons away. Actually, I don't know if I said thank you to JT Bird, did I? Well, thanks to JT Bird. I think I did. Anyways, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, folks, let's kick off the questions here. Got a question here from Juan Diego Hurtado. How did I do? Is that pretty good? I'm going to say that was pretty good. Grew up in a fairly heavily Hispanic neighborhood, so I feel like I've got the pronunciation on lockdown. High school and middle school, I had like six friends named Juan. (laughs) Hernandez, Sanchez, Camacho. I think the only Hispanic guy I didn't get along with was an Asian guy named Tree who refused to acknowledge he wasn't Hispanic and kept saying he was in the Latin Kings, which clearly was a lie. Good thing nobody ever found out that he was lying about that. That would have had some pretty negative repercussions. Anyways, Juan says, I thought that Aaron Rodgers living through the transition from Brett Favre meant that Aaron wouldn't repeat that behavior. Question is, if Jordan Love's career is like Favre's and Rodgers' career, as opposed to any Chicago Bears quarterback's career, do you accept the inevitable headache at the end of his career? He says, I for one do, I just don't like having that speculation in the meantime. 100%. So if you're telling me, you know, one of those, uh, I don't know what you call it, but but there's just a, there, there's a, a genie. I know that's not how that works, but it's all I can think of right now. I guess it's kind of like the devil, you know, you're trading your soul, whatever, but that's that's a little dark and it also doesn't fit. So let's just say genie. And he's like, look, here's the deal. You can have the next Aaron Rodgers, and I'll give you 10 to 15 years of Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre type play, but it's going to be an ugly breakup at the end. You guys are going to end up disliking him. He's going to be a baby. He's going to quit, retire, want to come back. He's going to spite you, want to join another team, come and get you. Would you take that? 100%. Which is, which is also some good perspective for all of us in terms of this Aaron Rodgers situation. As much as this situation sucks, it's still awesome, and it's still way better than most teams, Bears, Vikings, Lions included, that don't get Aaron Rodgers. So they can cackle all they want about, Aaron Rodgers wants to leave your stupid organization. Like, dude, you've had 30 years of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, which, of course, then they come back with, yeah, two Super Bowls. And how many do you three have? The Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings have not been to a Super Bowl in 30 years. Well, the Bears have, haven't they? They went to one and lost, I think. I don't know. It wasn't very memorable either way. So, yes, I I 100% would be fine with that. I hope that doesn't happen. But um, right now, the biggest question is, is he the guy? 
And if he is, we're set. We are 100% set. And I think that's part of what gets people excited. And I've talked about this before. The absolute best case scenario right now is that Jordan Love is a freak. And it's it's strange to me and disappointing that so many people don't want to even, even, even think about that. They don't even want to entertain it. It's like they're horrified at the idea that, that Jordan Love might be a great quarterback. Why, why, why? And what planet is that a bad thing? What, because then we have to get rid of Rodgers? I mean, isn't the point that you want to have a really good quarterback at quarterback so that we can be a good football team? Or are we just completely deifying Rodgers at this point? I just, I don't know, I don't get it. I mean, I understand saying he probably isn't. But let's wait for him to be terrible before we say we don't want him. I don't know, it's just weird to me. I don't know, whatever. But yes, Juan, I would absolutely take that. Uh, Cody says, where would the organization be without Aaron Rodgers? Super vague question, but use your imagination. I'm going to try to leave aside the part that this is meant to be a how dare you want Rodgers gone question and just answer it as it is. I don't know. Um, I'm assuming not great, but it, it, this, this is kind of similar to the, the questions I get about what, what is the team going to be with, if Jordan Love takes over, which I don't know if I have one of those. I don't think I do. The problem is I have no ability to answer that because the biggest question is who's the quarterback or how good is the quarterback, depending on which one we're answering, right? I mean, it depends. Did, did we end up drafting Andrew Luck? Did we end up drafting Pat Mahomes? What, what, what is our trajectory without Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I, we would have been bad for a while. Um, probably wouldn't have gotten a Super Bowl. I don't know. Maybe we would have had two or three. Would we have gotten Deshaun? Would we have gotten Josh Allen? You know, I mean, maybe after years of being a poverty franchise, we end up getting Josh Allen. Would we have drafted Russell Wilson? So, you know, and, and it, ch- it changes everything. I mean, what teams, what player? you can't assume a single player after that is the same because it's sort of that butterfly effect. We're not drafting wide receivers, we're drafting quarterbacks. You know, we probably never get Jordy or Randall or whatever, but maybe we would have gotten somebody else. Maybe it would have been somebody better. Maybe it would have been somebody worse. The hits would be misses, the misses would be hits. It's just a completely different, I mean, it changes everything. Not just the Packers, it changes the entire landscape of the NFL because then those teams pick different players and, you know, maybe we draft the garbage quarterback so that that team can't and then they end up getting this elite wide receiver instead of that garbage quarterback and blah, 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 blah. They end up getting Michael Thomas instead of whoever. And then the Saints don't have Michael Thomas. And then Drew Brees doesn't get, you know, his career isn't quite as, you know, whatever. I'm probably going too much into it, but you said use your imagination. And this is just where I'm going with it. Where is the organization without Rodgers? I have no idea. Unlikely to be as good because Rodgers has been one of the best quarterbacks and the quarterback is the best position that there is. But again, if this is a question about the current situation it has nothing to do with the current situation you don't keep a guy around because how great the last 10 years have been if that was the case we should go out and get clay matthews right now what's julius peppers up to charles woodson we should pay charles woodson whatever it takes to get him back in here would we have won that super bowl without charles woodson again i know that wasn't your question but i'm just saying for anybody that wants to pull that it's nonsense this situation has its own variables it has its you know it has nothing to do with where the franchise would have been 10 years ago. Rodgers doesn't have another 10 years. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very clear that we would not have been as good of a team if we didn't draft one of the best quarterbacks in the past 10 years, arguably the best quarterback in the last 10 years. That's that's painfully obvious. Obviously, the Patriots without Brady are not as good. The Saints without Breeze would have been a joke. It's, it's the most important position in football. So yeah, I mean, it, again, it's the same thing with you know, what's the what's the Packers record going to be if Jordan Love takes over? Dude, I, I have no idea. Because it entirely depends on the one variable we don't know. 
if Jordan Love is an elite quarterback, Super Bowl is a potential. If he's a terrible quarterback, three wins maybe? I don't know. And 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 everything in between. I mean, it, it could go from... I would... I Zero seems hard to believe because you could accidentally stumble your way into it against some really bad teams. But let's say somewhere between three and what? 17 wins for the regular season? So it, it's just... It's an impossible question to, to answer. Uh, Got to double back to Robert's question here. Uh, Robert says, since there's been a lot of grilling talk, what's your favorite thing to make on the grill uh, that you treat yourself to once in a while? So I've only got the uh, the charcoal grill. It's hard to do sort of the low-slow type stuff, although I'm trying to get better at that. I've got the older models that don't even have like a temperature gauge on them. I did finally get a digital one that can tell me, and I was way off on how hot that thing gets. I, I, I put the vents like all the way closed. I mean, not all the way, but like very, very close to try to bring the temperature down. It was still like five, 600 degrees in there. So it's, it's crazy how hot those things get. Um, I ended up, the last thing I tried to cook, I just like left the lid off because it was the only way to keep the temperature closer to 200 and some degrees. Which now I understand why you use that, you know, snake method or whatever, where you just go around the outside. I always thought there's no, because there's no heat emanate. Well, you you have to have very little heat. Um, but with that said, I, I, I typically do, you know, leaner cuts. Um... If it's treating myself, it would be steak. And to be honest, I've only done that like twice. And it's not premium steak. I think I got some real thin uh, New York strips because I am still, I mean, you got to understand, it wasn't very long ago that getting myself chicken breast was splurging. And I didn't do it very often. I didn't buy meat because it's just too expensive. I couldn't afford it. It just felt unjustified. You know, I mean, you go through those patches in your life, which some of you are there, some of you maybe didn't experience it, but... For us, it was pretty much our entire marriage up until extremely recently where it's you're struggling on a month-to-month basis. So um, treating myself at this point, bottom line, is just being able to get meat. The fact that I can go to the store and get meat and it's like it's not irresponsible because you're, you're going backwards on a monthly basis. That's a major milestone. Um, so getting steak is, is beyond splurging. I'm still to the point now where I do it and I get a very thin piece of steak because I don't want to spend very much, and I'll get like two so I can have one and then share the other one with the kids. They're kind of picky about stuff anyways. They don't appreciate good stuff. But honestly, if you're just asking what my favorite thing to grill is, thick-cut pork chops. Pork is unbelievable. Massively underrated. Pork chops, and and I've noticed a lot of people are traumatized by having pork chops as kids. If you hated pork chops as a kid, and I did, my buddy did, I've heard a lot of people say that. Couple things. Number one, I know at least my parents bought garbage meat. It was probably, you know, came in like a frozen bag of pork chops or something. I don't know. It was pan fried and there was like this weird seasoning that she would always put on it and it had the bone on it and it was massively overcooked. So very dry. They have since said you don't need to cook it to 160, you can cook it to 145. So it can be a lot more juicy, a lot more delicious. And those thick cut pork chops, dude, I'm telling you, I got this, uh, I actually got some in the fridge right now marinating. But there is this uh, stuff called Stubbs. I'm sure you've heard of it. But they've got a pork marinade that is just amazing. I'll dump that whole bottle in a Ziploc bag, throw the thick-cut pork chops in there, let them sit overnight. But not only are they amazing when they come off the grill, leftover pork chops are fantastic. You can't have, like, leftover steak. Not that you would, but I'm just saying there's certain meats, like beef especially. Leftover beef is terrible. Microwave beef makes everything taste like gross hamburger. It could be a really nice steak, and it's going to start tasting like hamburger. It's not good. Pork, though, and my favorite thing to do, pork sandwiches. You take that thick-cut thing, you just smash it between two pieces of bread. 
dude, I'm telling you. And I'm, I'm picky about, like, everything has to be perfectly, like, you know, when I make a sandwich, every, there has to be an even distribution of meat and cheese. I don't care. Slap that thing between two pieces of bread and go to town. It's so good. Butter up that bread a little bit so it kind of melts under that hot, juicy, you know, it mixes with the pork juice. Dude, get the thick cut, I'm telling you. So that is, that is my favorite thing. If I'm going to splurge a little bit, it's going to be a steak. But again, I've only done that like twice, and it's it's obviously unbelievable. It's amazing. But um, having a couple extra bucks at the end of the month is, is still a new experience for my wife and I. We, we've never had that since we've been married. So we're, we're easing into being able to do things like, you know, buy steak. And also, the plan is to start saving up for a uh, grill once we get into this new house. I'm planning on a pretty expensive one, so it's going to take some time. But um, it's going to be a, a smoker, a pellet grill. So I'll be able to do bigger cuts, pork butt, do ribs properly for once, even though I love the ribs that I make on the on the charcoal. It's just, you know, do it properly. It'll be better. I'm excited. I'm very excited. And I'm excited to uh, bring you all along on that journey because we're going to be doing it live. And then finally, I want to end with this. And it's not really answering the question, but it's going to lead into something that's going to be coming up. Um, Stefan, Stephen, whatever, says in the Facebook group, how solid is our tight end group? He says, I think it's great. Sternberger might have a chance to break out this year. What do you think? I'm not going to directly answer that question. However, make absolutely positively sure that you are following the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. Um, Coach Hahn had the ability yesterday to meet with Coach Outen, who is our tight ends coach. He had a great sit down with him. He went through all of our tight ends, what their roles are, how they use them in this offense, all kinds of really awesome stuff. He's already got one video done. I'm going to try to get that up today in the Packernet Podcast Facebook page, possibly on the YouTube channel, but I don't I don't know about that. Um, but he's going to be working on a series. Also, tomorrow on the podcast, I believe JJ is going to be talking with um, with Coach Hawn about that. I'm not entirely sure what about. I'd like to be able to possibly do a follow-up with him with some other questions, possibly questions from you, but i got to see how much they end up covering. But uh, make absolutely sure that you tune in because he's going to be doing a series on that. And again, it's going to be in the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. I'm going to try to remember to share it in the group, so if you're in there, you'll probably get it. But if I don't remember, then you're not going to see it, and there's no reason to not like the page anyway. So make sure you do that because that first video, I'm, I, I told him when he posted it, he just he made it a private video just so we in the um, in the group could see it. I've got a group of people that help me with stuff, and uh, Coach is a part of it, and some people that help with the Instagram and whatnot are in there, so we all got a chance to watch that video. I, I told him I got chills watching that video because it gets me so excited. So, yeah, it definitely helped me with my uh, ability to appreciate the group that we have, not just the group we have, but the direction they want to go and uh, just the different way that they use them and, and the growth of the guys that we have is, is real exciting. So I'm, I'm very excited, not just to, to get it up in the in the page, but for him to see that next video because I want to know more about this and see what they're doing and, and the direction we're going to be heading and, and how they use their tight ends. All that stuff is just fantastic information. And, uh, again, we're, we're getting not necessarily a firsthand but a secondhand account uh, from from Coach Outen through Coach Hahn. So make sure you do that. Otherwise, I will uh, talk to you soon. Have yourselves a great Sunday. Bye-bye.